the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, the playoff picture is set, y'all. I cannot believe we are already at the playoffs now. But uh, let's uh, let's recap the weekend's uh, uh, last week of football. Uh, but uh, so we can uh, so I can let you know how we got to the playoffs. But uh, first, also my head-to-head matchup with uh, Simon has officially ended. I uh, kicked his ass yet again, <clears throat> third season in a row. Uh, this week, I went 9-7 and seven to uh, make my final season record 176 wins and 96 losses. He went 8-8 eight and eight on the weekend, and he hit, that bumped him up to 155 wins and 117 losses. So uh, I won by 21. Now, of course, he did uh, have to make a bunch of random picks the last month-ish. So that's when things got out of hand, but I still have been whooping his ass all season. So, uh Here's to me for a third year in a row of kicking Simon's ass in our head-to-head matchup. Now, let's uh, talk about the last week of football and how week eight, week 18 and the season ended. We, uh, For the most part, I'd say the majority of the games were pretty meh because, uh, you know, a lot of teams' seasons are over. Uh, but we did have some uh, teams who weren't even in it actually competing to the very end. So let's get to uh, Saturday's games first. Uh, we had some uh, playoff implications in both of the games. First up, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, the Steelers took home the win, 17-10. to Now, granted, the Ravens did not play any of their starters or the majority of them. They played some of their defensive starters, uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't play any of their uh, any of their starters. And uh, so the Steelers pretty much, uh, they were just able to uh, luck out, get the win, uh, I mean, it was a very sloppy and ugly game, as uh, Steelers versus Ravens matchups usually are. But had Lamar Jackson and the starters been playing, I'm pretty sure this would have been a blowout. But lucky for the Steelers, they got the win, and it kept their playoff hopes alive. And then we had the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, this was a crazy game. It was back and forth. Um, well, I mean, it was mostly Texans. They pretty much had the lead for the most part. Uh, But then the Colts in the second half really made it interesting. And then the Texans do what the Texans do. They got the win 23-19. Unfortunately for the Colts, on their last drive, they were driving. They actually had a fourth and one play. Uh, They took Jonathan Taylor out, which I thought was weird. I mean, they just kept riding him that entire drive. I kind of felt like you had to ride him for that last play. Uh, but you know that I don't I don't call the plays, and there there's probably a strategic reason why they did it. Uh, but unfortunately, the ball was kind of thrown behind. Um, but even so, the running back uh, Goodson he had the ball in his hands, and he completely dropped it on the fourth and one. And there went all the playoff hopes for the Colts and the Houston Texans. 
Uh, they ended up getting the win, and they ended up clinching a playoff spot. C.J. Stroud had a huge game, 264 yards and two touchdowns. So that was essentially a playoff game for the Texans, and he really showed out as a rookie. Um, I did mention Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. He had a big game, 188 yards and one touchdown, and that's why I'm like, my mind is blown that they didn't keep him in for that fourth and one because, hell, even I was like, just run it. I mean, I knew they run it, ran it the first three plays before, uh, but I was like, all you need is a yard and just just run it. Taylor's been doing it. The, what's the worst that can happen? He's just going to – he's not going to make it. Uh, but unfortunately, they put the ball in uh, Gardner Minshew's hands. And, you know, he's not a terrible quarterback, but he's also not Jonathan Taylor. I would have trusted Jonathan Taylor a million times out of a million compared to uh, Minshew. Uh, but the uh, the season uh, came up short for the Colts and uh, the Texans moving on to the playoffs in C.J. Stroud's rookie year, D'Amico Ryan's first year as the Houston Texans coach. And, I mean, this team has had probably the best turnaround that any team could have. I mean, they had the second pick in the draft last year. They've been a floundering franchise uh, basically the last couple of seasons, you know, with all the shit that happened with Deshaun Watson and all the drama there. But uh, they've really turned it around, and they are a playoff team. Then we had the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. There wasn't much on the line for this one, so the Browns took out all of their starters, which was basically all their fourth stringers because uh, they're already on, like, their fourth quarterback with Joe Flacco. But, of course, they didn't want him to get injured. And so this was pretty much uh, smooth sailing for the Bengals. They, uh, they ended up getting the win 31-14. to and uh, Browns cruise on into the playoffs, and the Bengals head on home. Then we had the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Vikings did have a playoff spot on the line, but they also needed some help. Uh, But, I mean, regardless, they were not a good team. This was a kind of close game at first, but, uh, I mean, really, it was just uh, Lions had control for the most part. They did get the win 30-20, to And uh, they are heading into the playoffs with a nice, solid win. Unfortunately for them, they did lose um, a couple of guys to injury. So we'll see if that uh, that uh, plays a part in what happens in the playoffs this week. And then the uh, the Vikings, of course, are going home. Justin Jefferson did have a spectacular day through the air, though, for the Vikings. He had 192 yards and a touchdown. So that's a great way for him to end the season. But, uh, you know, he did not look too happy with things how things ended up. But, I mean, come on, they lost Kirk Cousins. We all pretty much knew that their chances were slim and uh, not shocked that they ended up. As a matter of fact, I'm actually shocked that they ended up 7-10. and 10. I thought things were going to be a lot worse with how things ended up going for them this season. Then we had the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. All the Jaguars had to do was win, and they would win their division and nab a playoff spot. The Tennessee Titans had absolutely nothing to play for yesterday, and they dominated the Jaguars 28-20. Yes, the score sounds close, but it really was not close. The Titans had the lead for the entire game. Uh, Derrick Henry, this is probably going to be his last season with the Titans, so he showed out uh, in his last game, 153 yards and a touchdown. Um, Trevor Lawrence, not a terrible game, but he did have a couple of mistakes, especially on the last drive. Uh, he, he ended up overthrowing uh, one of his receivers on a fourth down play, and it pretty much just ended the game. Uh, the Jaguars just, you know, they started off the season really hot, and then they lost, what, like five out of their last six to end the season, so just that is not how they wanted to end it, and they ended up handing the division to the Houston Texans, and like I said, the Tennessee Titans had nothing to play for, but they they absolutely fucked up the rest of the season for the Jaguars and sent them packing 
right along with them. Uh, then we had the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. There was nothing on the line in this one. Two terrible last teams playing each other. Uh, but the Jets, they finally beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots 17-3. to um, I believe it was uh, the last 15 times they've faced off against each other. The Jets have not been able to get a win. Uh, it was pretty much 3-3 three to three for the majority of the game. And then, or I'm sorry, it was 6-3 to three, uh, Jets headed into halftime. But uh, that was the score for the most part until the fourth quarter when the Jets were finally able to, uh, to get a touchdown from Brees Hall, who actually had a really solid game. He had 178 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So a good way for him to end the season, but a terrible way for uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots to end their season, Um, and we'll see if Belichick still has a job with the New England Patriots as the uh, week wears on. Then we had the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Both of these teams had a shot at the playoffs, but they needed other teams to lose as well. The Saints smashed the Falcons 48-17. It wasn't even close at all. And um, with, uh, I can't remember who won, but uh, somebody won. And so then it screwed them out of the playoff spot. And so neither of them are going on to the postseason. And uh, both teams actually have some work to do. I think the Saints have less work. You know, they've got a couple of pieces they got to work in there. Uh, But the Falcons, I expect a a complete uh, revamping of this team. I mean, especially at the quarterback position since uh, it was uh, the shuffling of the quarterbacks uh, all season long. Uh, then we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this ended up being a pretty uh, boring-ass game. The Buccaneers did get the win 9-0. Uh, the Carolina Panthers only got two wins on the season. They played as terrible as they, they've they been all season long. Buccaneers, on the other hand, they did clinch their division. That is why the Saints and the Falcons did not make the playoffs. It, once the Bucs won, it was all over. Now, uh, Baker Mayfield was playing very injured yesterday. You could see he was... He was walking gingerly, so that that could be a bad thing heading into the playoff game, but lucky for them, they are playing the Eagles next week, who uh, we'll get to that game here in a bit, but uh, they did not show out to end the season. But the Buccaneers, they did get the win. They are headed to the playoffs, their third season, their, their third year in a row of uh, winning their division as well. So, And I mean, honestly, we all pretty much wrote this team off once Tom Brady retired. We didn't think anything was going to happen, and uh, turns out they are a playoff team. Then we had the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers just needed a win, and they would clinch a playoff spot. They got the win 17-9. to uh, The Bears really didn't do much. Uh, it was actually a pretty pretty tough game throughout, but the, uh, the second half started, and the Packers finally just started to score as best they could. Jordan Love had a solid game, 316 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had 111, 111 yards on the ground. Jordan Reed had 112 yards through the air, and the uh, Packers had an end to the playoffs, and it uh, looks like they uh, Jordan Love is at least going to be their quarterback for next season, I would imagine. Now we'll see what happens um, here in the playoffs, and then, of course, with the offseason and uh, him growing more with uh, what he's got on this roster and potentially what they end up adding. But uh, I think the Packers have a pretty bright future, at least at this point. Then we had the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, neither of these teams had anything to play for. And the Raiders uh, smashed the Broncos 27-14. to And uh, both teams head off into uh, the sunset with a lot of questions on hand. Uh, Of course, the Denver Broncos probably are going to be trading or dropping Russell Wilson, which means they are going to to have a quarterback issue there. And then the Raiders, they also are going to be looking for a head coach. 
Um, who knows who it's going to be? Could potentially be Antonio Pierce. Uh, all the players who uh, were playing for him this year, they definitely uh, gave him their stamp of approval. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, both of these teams should be looking completely different when uh, the 2024 season begins. Then we had the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. And uh, this was the surprise of the day for me. I mean, I did not think the Eagles were going to end their season like this. And whoa, they got smashed by the Giants, 27 to 10. Now the Giants have pretty much been one of the worst teams all season long. They've pretty much been playing for nothing for the most part. I mean, they've had some of the worst losses, and but they've also had some pretty decent wins. And uh, even though the Eagles took their starters out, they didn't take their starters out until they started getting their asses whooped. I mean, the Giants went into halftime up 24 to nothing. And, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts was throwing interceptions. He was getting sacked. A.J. Brown had a fumble. And then they also had some injuries as well, which... Uh, could play into uh, what happens in the playoffs. Now, the Eagles already clinched a playoff spot, but who would have thought that epic collapse? I mean, what happened to them? I mean, they started the season off 10-1 and as the best team in the league. There were no questions about it. And then the last <clears throat> month and a half, <clears throat> really since that Niners loss, they have looked like shit, and they have not played well, even against the worst teams. I mean, hell, the Giants almost beat them a couple weeks ago. And then this time, it was just an ass-whooping and a half. I mean, there's something going on in this Eagles locker room. They, they, it's like their confidence and their morale is gone, <clears throat> which puts a smile on my face, of course. I mean, I was laughing all the way to the bank yesterday with this one, but... Uh, it's, it's very interesting to see what uh, what has happened to the Eagles this season, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the uh, the first uh, round of the playoffs this week because uh, I'm not expecting much from the Eagles, and they're not playing a really standout team. Then we had the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, by the time this game ended, neither of these teams were playing for anything. The Seahawks were playing for a playoff spot. Obviously, Cardinals have been out of it for a minute. Uh, but the Seahawks did get the win, 21 to 20, to head on to into the offseason. Uh, Kyler Murray had a good day, 262 yards and a touchdown. Uh, James Conner had a good day, 150 yards and a touchdown. So you could tell the Cardinals are building something. I mean, hell, honestly, they 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 ended the season at four and 13. But uh, for the most part, this team really played with heart, and they weren't missing Kyler Murray for the whole first half of the season. So depending on what they do in the offseason, this could be a completely different looking team. Uh, the Seahawks, who knows what they're going to do. It looks like Pete Carroll will be back again for another year. Uh, but both of these teams are headed off to vacation now. Then we had the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, both teams were playing backups. Chargers just because uh, they've been terrible for a while. And the Chiefs, they already clinched a playoff spot, so they didn't need to risk any injuries to their starters. And uh, it was a snooze fest. The Chiefs got the win in the field goal festival 13-12. to And uh, the Chargers are probably just happy to be headed on home. Then we had the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. This was also backup fest because both teams had already clinched a playoff spot, uh, so they did not play any of their starters, and the Rams got the win. It did end up being a good, typical Rams-Niners game. Usually Rams-Niners games are uh, what uh, George Kittle refers to as body bag games, and uh, this was it. Uh, they won, The Rams won 21-20, and it was uh, one of those last-second drives. You know, uh, Carson Wentz even... You know, he was the backup yesterday for the Rams, and he was the one who had the uh, the game-winning drive, and uh, it, it was weird to see, but uh, hey, the Rams got the win, 21-20. to 20. 
And then uh, we had the uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. And uh, this went as expected. Uh, the Cowboys spotted the, uh, the Commanders 10 points in the beginning by, uh, you know, missing a, a blocked field goal, setting them up in nice field position, and then a, uh, an, an interception that uh, also put them in field, good, good field, pos- field position. But uh, after that, the, the Cowboys just went off and uh, totally stomped the Commanders 38-10. to Dak Prescott ends the season with an amazing, uh, amazing game, 279 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Tony Pollard heads into the playoffs with a solid game, which he really needed. He had 70 yards and a touchdown. And then CeeDee Lamb ending his amazing season with 98 yards and two touchdowns on the day. And uh, Cowboys headed into the playoffs with a nice, solid win. And uh, the Commanders headed into uh, into the uh, the NFL draft with the, uh, the second, uh, second pick in the draft. So I'm expecting them to pick one of these really, really good quarterbacks. So... Uh, We'll see what happens there, but uh, goodbye, Commanders, and uh, thank you for, uh, I mean, the second half. It, it, once once the Cowboys started going, you could tell that the uh, the Commanders were pretty much uh, headed on vacation by, by uh, the third quarter, so thank you for, uh, for not really trying that hard yesterday, but uh, good win headed into the playoffs, and the Cowboys ended up winning the division with that win. And then uh, the Sunday night football matchup uh, between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. At this point, uh, after the Jaguars had lost, uh, we bo- both of these teams we knew were in a playoff. Were in the playoffs. Uh, they were just playing for their division, and uh, I mean, it was really not a good game. It was turnover central to start the game. <clears throat> Josh Allen had two interceptions and a fumble. Uh, Tua had a couple of interceptions as well, and it really didn't get going until um, uh, until the uh, third or um, until the fourth quarter, when the Bills were finally able to get a punt return, return for a touchdown, and then uh, so that tied everything up. And then they were able to uh, put together a really solid drive and uh, score the game-winning touchdown twenty to go up twenty-one to fourteen. And then the uh, Dolphins had a chance. Uh, but I knew this was going to happen, too. I could just tell. I was like, uh, two is going to throw an interception. And uh, ultimately, he ended up throwing an interception on the uh, the game-winning drive. And uh, the Bills would go on to uh, not only win the game, but win the division. And, I mean, the Dolphins pretty much owned this division all season long. And to lose it on the last game of the season to your division rivals the way they did, uh, you could tell they looked gutted. Um, it may or may not linger on into the playoffs. You kind of have to, to shake that off, but uh, you definitely don't want to be heading into the playoffs with a performance like that if you're the Dolphins. Uh, Josh Allen, outside of the turnovers, he did make some huge plays. He had 359 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Um, he also made some huge plays on the ground as well. He had 67 yards rushing. So um, big game from him, uh, even though he had the turnovers. But, I mean, to me, Josh Allen's just very similar to Brett Favre where it's like, you get the good with the bad, you know, he he always has those crazy out-of-control plays where you're like, holy shit, how'd he do that? But then also, you're like, holy shit, why'd he throw that? And that's just kind of how it is with him and his game. Uh, but uh, the Bills won their division. They are the number two overall seed. And uh, it's just crazy that uh, that was week 18, and now we are into the playoffs. Before uh, we discuss playoffs, let's talk about the end-of-season leaders in some of the categories. So uh, who led the league in pass yards this season? Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. He had 4,624 yards passing through the air. He pretty much led the league in passing for the majority of the season. Uh, who led the league in passing touchdowns? Dak motherfucking Prescott. Dallas Cowboys quarterback. He 
turned it around. He had 36 total touchdowns on the season. Last year, he led the league in interceptions, and he even said before the season started, I, I'm gonna I guarantee you I will not have the same amount of interceptions that I had last year. He only had nine, so that's good. But 36 touchdowns, I would have never guessed that. Not only would he improve just on his last year's number, but just improve drastically, and uh, I never would imagine that he would lead the league in touchdowns, and he did against some great quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Tua and Dak. Dak led the league in touchdowns, so ha-ha haters. Uh, then uh, who led the league in rushing yards this season? Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers. He ended up with 1,459 yards rushing on the season, and uh, he pretty much led the league uh, for the majority of the season as well in that category. Uh, rushing touchdowns, we had Raheem Mostert of the, uh, of the Miami Dolphins. He had 18 rushing touchdowns on the season. In receiving yards, we had uh, Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins. 1,700... 799 receiving yards on the season. Um, and uh, receiving touchdowns, we had a tie between Tyreek Hill and uh, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. They both had 13 touchdowns on the season. And then uh, leading the league in interceptions, Deron Bland had nine interceptions. The backup cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys came in for our star, Trayvon Diggs, who tore his ACL at the beginning of the season. We, we thought we were, we were dwindling, and literally ever since the moment Trayvon Diggs was injured, Bland has stepped in, and uh, he has pretty much led the league in interceptions since he took over for Diggs. Uh, I mean, this is way more than we could have asked for, and uh, he ended the, the game, basically, in, in Washington with an interception to uh, just take the league. He's just taken the league by storm, and uh, it's been a great season for him and the entire Dallas Cowboys team. And then leading the league in sacks, T.J. Watt had 19 sacks on the season, linebacker of the Pittsburgh Steelers, just killing it. Him and J.J. Watt, who would have thought? Two of the greatest defenders ever are brothers. And uh, and, and T.J. Watt, even J.J.'s like, T.J.'s better than me. Now, I, I don't, I really don't think there's any difference. I think they're both equally excellent, but... Uh, Really cannot argue that T.J. Watt is definitely one of the greatest defenders in the league today. Uh, so how did we end up in the playoffs? Um, in the AFC, number one and overall seed, Baltimore Ravens. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. And number four, the Houston Texans. <clears throat> Those are all our division winners. The wild card spots, number five, the Cleveland Browns, number six, the Miami Dolphins, and number seven, the Pittsburgh Steelers. In the NFC, the number one overall seed, the San Francisco 49ers, number two, Dallas Cowboys, number three, Detroit Lions, number four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are our division leaders. In the wild card spots, we have number five, Philadelphia Eagles, number six, the Los Angeles Rams, and number seven, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we will go over the uh, the matchups on Friday's show, but... Uh, Definitely have some intriguing matchups, some great storylines coming up in uh, Wild Card Weekend. Um, something that always happens, uh, they always call it Black Monday because uh, we always have coaches fired immediately on uh, the, uh, the first Monday after, uh, after the last week of football because there's always terrible teams. I mean, we've already had a couple of guys fired mid-season, 
Uh, but always somebody is fired. As a matter of fact, somebody was fired last night, and that was uh, Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. No surprise there. Uh, I mean, he had a mediocre career there. They did not make the playoffs. They did not have any improvements. So, of course, he was fired. And then Ron Rivera of the uh, Washington Commanders was fired today as well. And that's also no surprise because there was no success under him as well. No playoffs, uh, no success, no winning seasons, really. So uh, it's really no shock that both of those guys are gone. And uh, that is all we have so far there, of course. Um, there's always uh, Bill Belichick that who, who could end up uh, fired at some point uh, this week. We'll see what happens, but uh, of course, as the week goes on, there's probably going to be a couple more, and uh, then you never know what what happens with the playoffs as well. There's a couple of teams who are on the precipice, and if they happen to uh, are be one and done here in the next week or so, we may see some other coaches fired over the next couple of weeks. Moving on to the NBA and the top 10 NBA power rankings for this week. Uh, not a whole lot of shakeups, but uh, we do have uh, quite a few teams on losing streaks. So that did, uh, did uh, move a couple of teams up and down. But overall, we're, we're talking about the same 10 teams for the most part. Beginning with number one, the Boston Celtics. Overall record of 28-7, 8-2 on the season. Uh, they are just really killing it. Not only are they scoring a whole bunch of points, but they are first in the league uh, on rebounds per game. They're averaging 48 rebounds per game. A lot of that is Porzingis and, and, and Tatum. These two are really dominating the paint. And uh, just getting all, all the offensive rebounds and uh, taking all the shots and just looking like an overall complete team. Of course, Boston did lose to Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City, uh, they're just, they're, they're a surprise to everybody. And so I just kind of think maybe they got a little bit of shell-shocked there, but uh, Boston Celtics still the best team in the league, at least right now. Then at number two on my top 10 NBA power rankings. Here they are, the Denver Nuggets, overall record of 26-12. and 12. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Uh, you know, they, they've been pretty low on my rankings for the most part, except for like the first couple of weeks of basketball, mostly because they've been battling through the injuries. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray, he is back. He, he came back from injury a, a few weeks ago, uh, but really had his, his big breakout game. Uh, this weekend, had a, had a, he scored a, a season high, I believe, 38 points uh, over the weekend. So... He's getting back in order. You know, Jokic is doing Jokic things uh, in the Nuggets. They seem to be getting stronger, seem to be getting better. And so I think a lot of people were starting to overlook them. I was not. I was just looking at it more like uh, this is the beginning of the season. Uh, they're battling through injuries. So, you know, it's, it's a long-ass season. But uh, here, here's Denver back, back where they belong. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Milwaukee Bucks, overall record of 25 and 11. They're six and four in their last 10 games. For them, it's just really, they had a down week. Uh, they lost two out of their three games this week. And um, or actually, I think three out of four, if I, if I remember correctly. I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure they actually lost three out of four. Really, their only win this week was against the lowly old Spurs, who have, what, four or five wins on the season. So uh, not, not really a good week for the Bucks. Uh, but they're still one of the best teams in the league. Then at number four in my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall record of 25 and 10. <clears throat> they're 5 and 5 in their last 10 games, which is why they slipped just a bit. Uh, they, they've been having a down couple of weeks. Uh, been very up and down, but I mean, overall, still a really solid team. I don't think there's really anything to be concerned about. It's just sometimes you're going to have a down week, and uh, right now it's just uh, down for them, which is not not normal for them. This is actually their first uh, really 
down time in the season. So, I mean, to only do that once, it's not not really that bad. I mean, unlike uh, my stupid-ass Lakers, who just are terrible ever since that crappy in-season tournament that they won. So, uh, we'll be on that because it didn't do shit for them. I mean, notice I ain't talking about them the last month just to rant like I just did. Anyways, at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Philadelphia 76ers. Overall record of 23-12. and 12. They are also 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, which is why they've slipped just a bit. Uh, but, I mean, really, Joel Embiid, MVP-type season. Tyrese Maxey is turning out to be a great sidekick for him. And, I mean, this team's really putting it together offensively, defensively, and they're most certainly going to be a force all season long. Then at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the New Orleans Pelicans. They are 22-15 and 15 on the season and 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Brandon Ingram is that dude. You know, everybody wants to talk about uh, Zion because, you know, he's, yeah, he's having a good season. But uh, really, it's all about Brandon Ingram. Ingram is doing it all. He's scoring. He's getting rebounds and uh, assists. He's really just uh, making this team just look really, really good, gelling together. And then you've got, uh, like I said, you've got Zion doing his thing. He's not scoring a lot of points, but he's definitely making a difference in the paint. He's he's making a huge difference uh, with the blocks and the defensive side of things. Uh, so this, the Pelicans, not really sure how I feel about them, uh, whether they're going to keep this up consistently. But, I mean, so far they've been able to avoid the injuries. And with that, they've actually been a really good team so far. Then at number seven on my top ten NBA power rankings are the Dallas Mavericks. Overall record of twenty-two and fifteen. They're six and four in their last ten games, and they are—they've been on fire. Uh, Kyrie Irving came back from his injury, and ever since then, they've pretty much just been winning. They're on a three-game winning streak right now. Uh, Luca out, playing out of his mind, of course, uh, but they really have put it together since uh, Irving has got back from his—I uh, believe it was a heel injury, something of that nature. But regardless. Since he came back, this team is looking really, really solid on the offensive side of things. Really, the only reason why I put them behind the Pelicans is because the Pelicans are much better on the defensive side of things. Uh, that's really where Dallas lacks. And so um, while I think I, Dallas is a good, solid team, I feel like as the season wears on, if they don't make a move for a defensive-type player, maybe during the, the trade uh, the trade deadline, I, I think it's probably going to be uh, to their detriment once we get to the playoffs. Then at number eight on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 23-11. and 11. They are 7-3 and three in their last uh, 10 games. They did beat Boston this week, so they did get a huge win, but they are on a two-game losing streak right now, which is only reason why they slipped just a bit this week. Um, and I still have a lot of questions with them. They're still a young team, uh, even though they really haven't, they have not lost a step. They really haven't had a down week at all. Uh, they've pretty much played very consistent basketball. It's just, you know... They're the Thunder, and uh, they, they're just very young, and uh, you, I can't believe in those type of teams until they actually prove it, and they are proving it so far, but uh, uh, they, they're, not, they're not at the level of the Bostons and the, the Denvers and the Milwaukees and the 76ers just yet. Um, and also, I, I look at the Pelicans and the, and the Mavericks right now, and yes, I put them above them. Um, I, I feel like if they, they were to play a series, they definitely would make it a good series. But, you know, the Pelicans, like I said, their defense is really solid. I don't know if they'd be able to uh, last a whole series against them. <clears throat> but who knows? We'll see. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Los Angeles Clippers. Overall record of 22-13. and 13. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Uh, they're just really blowing everybody out of the water with uh, three-pointers right now. 
Um, I feel like this is just a team that's on the upside of things right now, which is not a bad thing, but uh, I just don't think they're going to be a consistent team throughout the season. I wouldn't be shocked, as a matter of fact, if they end up missing out on the playoffs. Also, the injury thing is always always going to be with them. <clears throat> as long as they have Kawhi and uh, Paul George, those guys are always they're just as injured all the time as Anthony Davis is with the Lakers. So um, I don't really trust the Clippers, but hey, they're playing hot right now, so I had to put them in the drop 10. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings this week, I have the Miami Heat. Overall record of 20 and 15. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. And they're actually playing kind of like they were last year. Up and down. Very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, hey, maybe that works out for them. Uh, I got them to the end. Got them, uh, you know, all the way uh, to the finals last year. So, uh, and you know, Butler's battling through the injuries as well. It's pretty much just been a team led by Hero and Adebayo. So I kind of feel like once Butler gets back to being Jimmy Butler, then uh, this team's going to be pretty solid. So uh, that's the top ten NBA power rankings, and of course we have the uh, national championship tonight. Uh, the uh, we have Washington versus Michigan right now. Michigan is a five and a half point favorite. Um, you know, I I do think Washington's going to put up a good fight. They are an excellent offensive team, but to me, Michigan, I just have felt like just about halfway through the season, I've been feeling like Michigan's the championship team. They 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 look like an NFL team. They they play great defense. Uh, they play. They have a solid offensive line. They have an excellent running back, and they just play. They play smash mouth football. They have a quarterback uh, who can he, who can get you down the field on game winning drives. He really he, he's cold blooded when he he needs to be, and uh, so I do think overall Michigan they just feel like they're gonna win. Uh, I know over the years they've been that team to choke during the college football playoff, but I feel like they got over the hump last week. They beat a really good Alabama team, and they didn't just beat them. They really, for the most part, dominated the game. It shouldn't have come down to overtime. It did. It just sometimes that's the way it works. Um, but, I mean, overall, I think Michigan plays smash-mouth football, and Washington does not. Washington's a very finesse team. They're a through-the-air team. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is an excellent quarterback. I really like what that dude uh, does at quarterback, and that says a lot because he just murdered my Texas Longhorns last weekend. But that is why I know he's that good, just because I watched him and just shred them to pieces. I'm like, man, this guy is going to be something once he hits the NFL. So regardless of what happens with Washington, that guy is, uh, we're, we're in good hands with him in the NFL. But Washington's a finesse team, whereas Michigan is a smash-mouth team. I really expect Michigan to clamp down on defense. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get blown up on a couple of plays. Um, I, like I said, I expect this to be a close game, uh, basically like uh, last week's Michigan-Alabama game, where it, it might come down to the end. But I feel like it's going to be a lower-scoring game than most people expect because I think Michigan's really going to dictate things on the line. I think their defense is going to take care of business, and uh, they're going to they're gonna hold back Michael Penix Jr. as best you can because the guy is money. He is... And his receivers are really solid too. I mean, there were there were a few plays last week against the Longhorns where it was an obvious pass interference, and their receivers still made the catch, and they made some really insane catches. So uh, they also have a pretty solid running back as well. So offensively, they they've got the dudes and they can make the big plays. But I just think Michigan's the better team. I feel like they've been building for years and years and years to be this team. Um, it's looking more and more like John Harbaugh is. Um, I mean, Jim Harbaugh is going to be um, 
headed to the NFL next year. I mean, with all the uh, the scandal and more more than likely he's he's going to be getting suspended again next year or be dealing with more of this kind of shit. And I just feel like it's it's probably time for him to move on, especially if he wins a national championship. So I just kind of feel like they're going to be playing for him. Uh, there's a lot of seniors here. You know, you got Blake Corum, uh, the running back. He's he, he missed last year's college football playoff due to his injury. So it, 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 he's just been a really solid running back for many, many years now for Michigan. So it's kind of like you got dudes like him on the team. You got McCarthy back there at quarterback. And then I just I really like their defense. I think their defense is just going to be what gives them the edge here. As well as Corum, I think Corum's probably going to make a, uh, some some plays uh, down the stretch here. And uh, I've got Michigan winning a close battle, twenty eight to twenty four. So enjoy the rest of the week of sports, y'all, and we will be talking playoff football on Friday. <laughs>